Let's talk about the Batman. The Batman. Uh, so this is the the latest Batman done by which groups? Well, I mean, Neil, Neil Hefty originally. Neil Hefty wrote it, but the Jam yeah. on their first album before the Jam. Uh, before the Jam, that would have been. Uh, um, would it have been? Well, who were the Jam being? Peters and Lee. Who were the jam being? Uh, the Kinks, the Who. Yeah, so both the Kinks and the Who did versions of the Batman theme. Right, well there done. You go. There you go. So the Who did a version that's on Ready Steady Who, and then the Kinks did it as part of a live medley because it was a kind of, you know, it was the song that you did if you were hip. Um, that was obviously from the, you know... the, the Top 90... anecdotage, that Top is. anecdote. No, that's not top anecdotage. That's top pop trivia. Top pop knowledge and anecdotage. Yeah. So... Obviously, that's around at the time that Batman is on television being this kind of pop-tastic you know, thing. Yeah. Colourful, funny, you know, exciting, blah, blah, blah. Yes. Batman has taken a turn for the darker in the wake of the Tim Burton Batman. Then there was Joel Schumacher's. And then, of course, Christopher Nolan. So now the latest version, um, Robert Pattinson stepping into the dual role of billionaire crime fighter come bloke with a rubber fetish. Uh, Bruce Wayne, Batman. This film is set in a rain-drenched Gotham. I haven't seen so much rain since Blade Runner. Everything appears to be going very, very badly, both in the city and also in the head of Bruce, who is miserable and isolated at the beginning of the film to the point when he seems to have turned into something he doesn't want to be. There's an election. There is corruption. There are murders. There are video clues left by a creepy guy with glasses and a face mask and the manner of a kind of typical internet keyboard warrior who's been spending too much time on the dark web. The murders come with messages, riddles that are fixated with the idea of lying, of corruption, of everyone being a liar, even respectable politicians. So the thin blue line hasn't been so much blurred as completely obliterated. There's lots of talk about rats, flying rats, informants in the underworld and vermin everywhere. Here is a typical clip from The Batman. Who's the mustache with the broken nose? It's Kinsey, narcotics. He's one of the guys I got into it with at the Iceberg Lounge. What are you saying, Kinsey Moon Knights for the Penguin? All right, Moon Knights is a cop. Zap, kapow, bang, <laughs> kapoom. It is funny how, because that for ages was the definitive version of Batman, the zap, kapow, boom, and then the, you know, Burton, which was referring to, you know, the kind of Frank Miller and all that stuff that took it into a... Everyone thought the Burton was going to be darker and more gothic than it was, and then Schumacher made it all kind of pantomime and then there was Nolan, of course, there's the, the Ben Affleck Batman. Is, you got, is Ben Affleck still... Is he, is, he, is, the, is he in the flash? Anyway, whatever. So um, the thing with this version is uh, three things. The first one is I think everything after the Nolan Batmans is going to feel a little bit like a footnote. Correct. Because those three movies are pretty definitively, OK, that's what you can do with a, an inverted commas, a comic strip movie. You can make the most expensive art house movie you've ever seen. I do remember saying this about Batman Begins, coming out of Batman Begins with Nigel Floyd and going, I've never seen an art house movie cost that much money, but it's incredible. And I think each one of the 
you know, whatever the pros and cons of the individual, um, uh, you know, Batman Returns, Dark Knight, Dark Knight, uh, Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Returns, they are of a piece. They are exceptional. This looks completely different. This is rainy and, I mean, that beautiful kind of IMAX photography that Christopher Nolan gave, you know, the, the spectacle. This is spectacle, but it's like... It, all, there's a lot of the film that looks like you're squinting in the rear view mirror and you can't quite see what's going on because there's so much rain and pestilence. In fact, there is one chase sequence, a vehicular chase sequence, in which it's actually quite hard to get a handle on the geography of the chase because the way in which it's shot is so much, you know, rear view mirror, rainy, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of, part of me could go, just stand back for a minute and just give me a, give me a master shot so I can see where this is happening. But obviously that's part of the aesthetic, which is that the whole film is... It's meant to feel like you're kind of completely crammed into it. Second thing is, um, the, I think the cast are very interesting. I think that uh, Zoe Kravitz is this kind of, you know, feline-like cat burglar. Um, Colin Farrell, I watched the whole film without, without realising real, Colin Farrell. And I have to say, incidentally, Jared Leto, there. That is how you use makeup to create a character mm. rather than to primp and preen and walk around like an idiot doing that ridiculous accent in Pagan. That is how you do makeup acting. You make the, I believe, you know, the cat, I watched that character. There was no part of me that thought that's Colin Farrell with no, a whole ton no, of makeup on. No, at all. I didn't even realise it was Colin Farrell. I know it's really stupid because other people will have read the articles. They will have known that he went into Starbucks wearing that, you know, makeup and nobody recognised him. But it's the acting is just, you know, OK, that's how you do it. Yeah. Jared Leto, take a leaf out, out of his book. Um, I think that actually Robert Pattinson does a pretty good job because when you think that ever since the Twilight movies, Pattinson has done very brave career moves. I mean, he's worked with people like Cronenberg. He's really tried hard to do something interesting with his fame, but... What's fascinating about The Batman is it's the closest to the vampire role of Edward Cullen that he's done because his Batman is basically a vampire. He's somebody who, you know, walks around in the dark looking sullen and rather than Edward who was kind of, you know, all glittery, he looks, you know, he looks gothy and and the whole voiceover is I'm not who I should be. Everything's awful. I'm, you know, he's full of self-doubt and self-loathing and what were you going to say you were about to I was just going to I, the narration, I, re I, I, I really struggle with the narration all okay. the way through. I don't, it didn't need. I, also, why is Batman narrating? Why, why is he in a voiceover? Why is he telling us this story? I, I, I thought that was misjudged. Okay. It didn't bother me in the way that it bothered you. Um, but, but when he was going, I'm not who they want me to be. I thought I was being helpful. And then I realised I was not being helpful but I'm going to be different and I'm going to... Stop. I don't want you at a council therapy session. I just want you to but, okay, biff fine. somebody. Go biff somebody. But, Get out there. Okay, Do some but, biffing. So in a way, that's the point. In the same way that what the film does with its comic strip archetypes is closer to what the movie of Joker did with the character mm -hmm. of Joker. So, for example, you know, Catwoman, not quite. Penguin, not quite yet. Riddler, well, that's interesting. You know what I mean? It's like a, a way of backing off from the cartoonishness 
backing off and putting it into something which is, I mean, obviously it's not social realism by anyway, but it's kind of backing off and bringing the animal characteristics back into the human. So you're just hinting at them, with the exception of, Bat, of the Batman himself. Um, I think Paul Dano is, you know, he's always great in everything and, and he, he, you know, he is convincingly cracked. The fact of the running time bothered me much less than I expected. I did go in thinking, okay, blimey, three hours. And I, when it finished, I thought, oh, all right, well, that, actually that went much faster than I had thought, not least because the third act, which is always the thing which lets things down, I thought didn't. I thought the third act was actually pretty decent and it didn't just turn... Sort of, it becomes a bit of a disaster movie. Yes. It, would you say? Exactly. Maybe that's why. Yeah, and I love disaster movies, and it does indeed turn into a disaster movie rather than turning into a Marvel movie, rather than turning into a movie in which a bunch of people with very big superpowers or whatever it is just hit each other, Yes. which is what, you know, the Justice League stuff and all that stuff, which I'm not interested in. It did, I think, turn into a disaster movie, and I like disaster movies. I was, as I mentioned last week, slightly put off by the fact that the critic next to me was, yeah. and again, I apologise for this, snotting up like every 10 minutes, yeah. which was very, very off-putting. Yeah. So I need to see it without that as a kind of an impediment. But what I would say, and I'm sure when I see it a second time, I'll agree with myself, <laughs> if you're going to have Andy Serkis in a movie, make sure you give him a good role because he's like thrown away. He's in four or five key scenes and but then Come on, come on, it's Andy Circus. I know, but I presume and well also there's a thing at the very end in which somebody else who's in the credits it's gonna throw forward to it. Well actually no I missed the last ten minutes. I, you know, I have to say I was pleasantly surprised, not least because I had gone in thinking I mean look, I don't think it's it's not the Nolan movies. It's not uh, and you know, better than Affleck. Not, oh, heaven's sake, yes. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. I think Pattinson is actually a good bit of casting. I think he does a good job with it. And I think if you if you if you're going to go the other way in terms of how we're going to do this, that thing about literally making it look. I mean, think that is the, squinting in the rearview mirror through rain in the in the dark is the key aesthetic.